And it's time for our Master Gardener segment, which means our good friend Master Gardener Barb Lampson is joining us right now. And we were just chatting before we got on the air about pollinators. Oh, my goodness, Barb. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness is right. There are so many, and I'm so excited. And you know, the other thing I was so excited about, we got more rain. I don't know about you. We had three quarters of an inch from last night, although the wind was a bit brisk. We, oh, it was the I mean, I woke up yeah, it was like a and light was flashing in the room from the, the lightning outside. And, and I thought, is it just blowing or is there rain? So I got up and I opened up the window to look and get my head out there. And it was raining a little bit, but the wind was blowing. And my garden was waving back <laughs> and forth. And this tall Nicotillo tobacco plant that I have it was just swaying like a flag and I thought oh it's gonna break off it's gonna break off it didn't but uh, in our neighborhood Mrs. J's big silver maple she had a branch come down okay. there and next to us in the Northwoods maple between my house and the next house a branch came down and it landed and the neighbor has a fishing boat. It landed in there. Oh. And our boat sits on the driveway. And it is an expensive, you know. Um, but yours in, is okay? Inboard. And it missed it. <laughs> it missed ours and oh. went into his boat. It was so oh, comical my. to see that. And He then, probably didn't think that. but <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, so his brother is going to come, I guess, and going to take care of that. But, but well, there was garbage cans, there was pots, there was all oh, kinds of yeah, things all over the yeah, neighborhood this morning. Yes, it sounded. You know how they say like a, a tornado sounds like a freight train. It right. sounded like that last night with that just that whoosh, and it just never I ended. Yeah. I agree, it did, and it was so dark, Karen. Yeah, and uh, I well, because the power went out too. Yeah, well, it did it? I I noticed that too. Anyway, um. So this morning I got up and I just wondered what I would find because I mean sure. it was limited what you could see outside, but despite everything, you know the garden, the perennials, Looked the annuals, okay. they they look fine. Mm -hmm. uh, my big hibiscus, this one stem, is bent over and I don't know if it's just bent over if it's broke off, but I didn't take time. I have to take down the fence to get in there and examine it, and I can stake that up. So. I mean, that's a small thing. So. Right, and there was no hail, which was good, too, and I was oh, just so happy. Because, yes. you know, a couple of days ago we had that, uh, we had a, an inch of rain, and mm -hmm. so that's really going to help, and I keep thinking how helpful that's hopefully going to be for, we've talked about this before, the, the timing for the farmers and their crops yeah. and things. Yeah. So it's timing is everything. Yeah. You know, we, uh, uh, last week, um, this past week, was that Tuesday or Wednesday night, we got one inch and a tenth. Okay. And mm -hmm. now I went out this morning. We got nine tenths last night. So not full inch, a tenth short. So we, in all, we got two weeks, uh, two weeks, two inches of rain for the week, which is really, really good. And uh, it's hard to believe this, but I was looking at the perennials and my um, some of the things that were just kind of stalled out weren't growing. Mm -hmm. Things just looked a little taller this morning. And they new leaves are popping out, I noticed, too. Yes, yes, they're unfurling. And yep. it was so hot, everything just stayed, you know, locked up. I wanted to show you a couple of things that... It's show-and-tell time on the radio, folks. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, you know, um, 
one picture is worth a thousand words. And of course, Karen's better at describing these things than I am. But a plant I've I've raised for two years now are the um, what are these balsams? Oh. The balsams. Oh, I've never raised those. Tell me about the balsam. You should raise these. Um, they they bloom all the way down the stem. Stem. Oh, okay. I have them in mass. They they come. You get a package. Mixed seeds. There's four different colors. There's this. Um, well, I don't know what you call this magenta. It's, I yeah, it's a bright. It's a very bright. Um, almost a, a deep. Yeah, fuchsia yeah, or magenta. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Very pretty. And and then there's a purple, and then there's a pink, and then there's a white. And the reason I brought this was because it it just blooms and blooms. You don't have to re- really deadhead it. It just keeps, you know, the the these these seed pods and that they just they just fall off and it keeps growing and as it grows it gets more buds all the time. Is this in the impatient family? Because I'm looking, it's it's <clears throat> called impatiens balsamina, yes. more commonly known as balsam <clears throat> touch me not or impatiens, which I'm familiar with, but I grow the little short little impatiens. Uh, yeah, well that's and um, they are more a uh, shade plant. Not all of them, the New Zealand's, right. you can get some sun. These I have on the south side of my house. Full sun. Going oh. along the foundation. And how tall do they get? Um, they get at least, um, hmm, they can be as tall as two feet. Okay. So, so it depends tall. on, you know, and and they tolerate the drought. They don't brown on their leaves. They, they're just, just perfect. But you know what I love about this plant? See, it has this um, beautiful... Can you see the shape of that? I don't know what it reminds me of, but I think it's it reminds me of a a spring flower. Almost like a you know, a little bit like a snapdragon, but not closed up. Yeah, yeah. A and, little bigger. And there's there's three leaves across the back mm-hmm. that form a backdrop. And when I watch the bees, you know, like the um bumblebee, he will sleep in this. At night. Really? Because it's like a little pouch almost. It is like a little pouch, kind of like a kangaroo, I guess. And this would be his, yeah. Very cute. And they stay like that. This has been blooming. It will bloom for, I mean. So you don't have to deadhead it? No, you don't have to. You don't deadhead it, no. And uh, the only thing I have to do is I have to thin them out because I get them too thick. It also will reseed in that same spot. So next year you'll have some? So you'll have more. Okay. But as I save seed from these. Oh, you actually save the seed? Yeah, I do. Does it come back true? Because are these hybrids or are these originals? And um, I don't know because I got them from a neighbor. Oh, okay. Would always save seed too. Sure. So it must not be. But I can remember seeing balsams as a kid. And you know, Karen, look at the beautiful foliage on that. Well, you know, it's interesting because it looks like, you mentioned it grows all up and down the stems, but between each flower there are, are long, narrow leaves. So it's sort right. of, com- it, they're all together. So it's not just one big bloom, it's leaves, foliage, right, and right. The, the flowers. It just makes such a, a great, uh, it's just great by itself. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me how delicate it is, like, like more of a... Um, a house plant would be with these dim, but yet this this lasts in the with the sun beating down on it and the wind and everything. How long does it bloom for? Like through the fall? Oh, oh, until it freezes. Oh wow! Yeah, that's nice. it, it's so it's really great. And that so that's an annual. Okay, four choices of colors there, and then um, this 
is a uh, coreopsis, and this is a perennial. Now, this is the best perennial I have. This has bloomed the entire month of July. Now, it looks like what I'd call the threadleaf coreopsis because the, the leaves are narrow, just like yes, little yes. thin. I have another variety. I can't remember the type, but it's also a coreopsis, but, but it's got leaves that are a little not so thin. Yeah, but and, it and, also blooms for a long time. Yeah. Yellow, and, usually and yellow. Yeah, that's a flat leaf. It's a more sturdy plant. Yep. That one recedes itself in my garden mm-hmm. and uh, very easy to grow. But this is very thin, makes a nice um, kind of a mounding shape to it. And the texture is really neat because those leaves are so fine that it actually adds a feathery look, you know, when you've got other more, maybe like you said, sturdy leaves around it. So that's why I like it too. Yeah. And you know, actually, if you wanted, if you were doing something like this, it would look great if you did it with the balsam because the balsam... Make a bouquet. Yeah, it would make a great bouquet. But um, so my best, I'd say best perennial is is this one right here. The Coreopsis. Now, Coriopsis. I regularly deadhead. It was the, it was the uh, plant of the year, uh, maybe, I think it's Golden Sun Coreopsis okay. is what this is. And uh, maybe 10 years ago. Oh, really? So. I, I deadhead mine. So like the, the tops will get, they do go to seed, as you mentioned. But I, a lot of yeah. times I'll take scissors and just cut them off because then they just keep blooming and yeah, blooming. Yeah, yeah, they do. But otherwise it, they will quit if you don't so do that. So I would also say this is a pretty hardy drought plant. Yes. Because this one, I I don't water. Oh, this good. one just makes it on its own. It, the, the balsam, I water. Sure. I don't, I water maybe once a week, one inch for them. I don't fool around and do this little bit of splashing of water in every single day. So two really, really good plants. Oh, no insect problems with them. Good. And also... Uh, no disease problems. Well, so, that's a that's a huge huge thing when yeah. you're you're dealing with plants. Not have to deal with that. Right now, I've got in full bloom my hardy hibiscus, which you notice I've been bringing in some every yes. day. The, yes. the flowers are anywhere between the eight to ten inches, and they're just they look like they're so delicate because they're almost like a um, cray paper. Yes, and and you were just saying your wedding dress almost looked like that kind of material. Yeah, you know because um, uh, th- um, the the, the leaves, they kind of they they splay out, but they overlap, and and then you get the ruffling around and they the uncr- edges. They crumple. Yeah, it's like they, a, it's, it's like a big ball uncrumpling to this yeah. big round with with sort of crumples. And that's in the it. way the skirt is on my wedding oh. dress. And you have the top layer is the tulle. That's very very fine. And then underneath that is the taffeta, and then underneath that is all the netting. And then the train, which hangs on behind, gets after you walk down the aisle, your your maid of honor comes and she buttons it up so yes. you don't walk on it. But somebody somebody carries it as you go down the aisle. Well, <clears throat> uh, that's what those flowers, you know, those of any flowers that I have, that is the one I get the most comments on. You know, I've got them here at the office. I had yes. four the other day. I think I've got three of them here in different bases. Yes. But even in the garden, people say, what is that? They yeah. can't believe it because yeah. it looks like it has to be from the tropics. Right. But the cool thing is there are some from the tropics. There are tropical hibiscus, but they're a little different. I would say these are even more glorious. They, uh, they are, absolutely. They're, but the tropical they're, ones, 
they don't splay out like this. Yeah, they're more the, of a the funnel. Trumpet. Yeah, yeah, they're a, good, a trumpet. But I, these are hardy, Barb. I have, and they have been reseeding, so I've got more blooming in my garden. And so, you know, I know you lost your cherry cheesecake. I've got baby plants. I should give you some. Oh, that's great. I would appreciate that. But yes. they get to be, they're huge. They're like four and five feet tall and around. And yes. so they make a huge statement in the garden. So right now they're just blooming like crazy. You know, one of my, it used to be one of my favorite plants was, um, uh, the yarrow, and it's the perennial yarrow. Mm-hmm. That's the big, tall one. I think it's a gold stone or a gold something. Anyway, it has the beautiful, flat uh, blooms on it. It's very showy. It's like a shrub. It's just really a nice... And they don't smell very good. No, no. I'm not a fan of yarrow smell. They're, well, they're good if you've got deer that come. Because they don't like them either. Yeah, they don't like it, so that's <laughs> a good thing. But <clears throat> here's what happened... The last two days with all the heat, those blooms in two days fried. They oh, they turned, turned brown. Yeah. They turned absolutely brown. Yeah. yeah. I had never seen that happen before. Well, mine usually do because if I don't water them, because they're another one that doesn't need a lot of water. But if you don't, then they, they sort of dry out. And what I do is I actually deadhead them because they will reseed uh, profoundly, pro- uh, profusely is the <coughs> word I wanted to say because... They the especially because if the, they're the native ones, but I've also got some that are the hybrids that are different colors. I've got some called like strawberry that are yellow and red mm-hmm. yarrows, but they're really good for for drought and yeah. and they add that pop of color. I like I like the red. I have a red, and um, it is um, fire engine red. I mean, oh, it nice. is really dramatic, and you can separate it and move it around, and it takes wherever you go. It's not a very fussy plant. And they last forever in, yeah. in an arrangement. If you if you have a flower arrangement, you want it to last, sure. that's a good one to stick sure. in there. You know, I wanted to talk just a little bit about um, gardeners and how much they do for our local food shelves. You know, um, the local food shelves find that there are more people that they're serving now than they were a year ago. And right here in Mankato at Echo, they're serving 200 families a day. It's just hard to believe, but um, it, it, in a way, it isn't because um, wages just haven't kept up with the cost of, of what what it costs to live, whether it's groceries or insurance or gasoline. Well, now you everything. actually interviewed somebody from a couple different people I know from the local yes. uh, food shelves. I guess they call it, the, yeah, the food food shelves. Talk mm-hmm. about the things that they need and what sorts of things sure. are, that they're doing sure. there. Well, I interviewed Andy over at the St. Peter food shelf, and I really was interested in seeing where they're getting their food for, how they're keeping up, and uh, and the numbers. He said that they are they've had a fifty percent increase in people over what they had last year, and and they he, he said they have two community gardens in town. One is up at Gustavus, and one is out in the community. And people there, gardeners there. They bring in food, and they bring in cucumbers, uh, tomatoes, uh, herbs, uh, potatoes. Zucchini? Uh, <laughs> Squash. <laughs> he didn't, he, he, and he said that these are things that they really have asked them for and that they really need. Maybe zucchini is more in abundance. And, yeah. you know, the problem with the food shelves and talking to the ones that I interviewed is space. And... Um, 
and refrigeration. Well, they have refrigeration. They only have so much. Right. And uh, so uh, St. Peter Food Co-op, uh, they're in, the, <laughs> excuse me, they're in the phone book. Just give them a call. <laughs> All right. So so St. Peter, because each each community has their own food shelf. So you have to, you know, see what they're doing. And I know you also talked with Nancy Zwicky, who works, yes. volunteers at the Echo food shelf here in Mankato and learn some different things from her as well. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. If you have 200 people coming in, and uh, normally uh, here a few years ago, they were serving like about 60 families. Well, they have the same size building. They haven't gotten any bigger. Oh. And people would come in, they'd take a cart, and they'd shop around, and they'd sure. pick up what they wanted. But during COVID... They just couldn't do that, and the numbers increased. So what they designed was a system of they put all the inventory that's available that day, which shows you how much it changes from day to day, what they have, and then people can go on their smartphone or they can go on their telephone or whatever and call in, and they order. They, they say what they and the inventory list changes hourly. Oh, I bet, because people bring different things in. Yeah, yes, exactly right. So, and but she said one of the things is they, if, if they're out of the major things that people are wanting that day, and someone calls in and says, listen, I have nothing. I need food today. Uh-huh. They have enough food there that they can always do an emergency order like, like that. Like a substitute or something? Yes, okay. yes, and, and that's what they'll do. And I asked her, you know, um, how about our gardeners in Mankato? And she said they're they're really generous. As a matter of fact, there's even a nursery that has brought them um, basil plants. So uh, many uh, people coming to the area are new to this country, and they're using more herbs in their cooking. Yeah, we're used to the salt and pepper, but I think uh, we're learning a lot from other cultures that how you can incorporate herbs and make things actually more delicious. Yeah, and, and, and the thing of it is, so many of us, we have herbs in our garden, and then we just you know, we we just get busy and we don't use them, right? We should. Or we don't know what to do with them. <clears throat> yeah, that's that that is that's so me. true. So anyway, she said people were very happy. Well, they're happy to get the the regular herbs that are you know cut and they're they're bunched up in that for them. You can use buy them, put them in your refrigerator, and they'll keep for a while if you put them in a glass of water. There. But they're very happy to get those potted plants. Well, let me ask you this. So for people listening who might be gardeners, because we have a lot of people that listen that are gardeners, obviously, and let's say they've got an extraordinary crop of green beans, like I do. Mm -hmm. So how do they go about giving to the food shelf to know that they need it or that it... They just simply go, you go to the back door. I mean, don't, should you call first? No. Well, if you think that it's something so out of the ordinary but if it's regular well, i mean you, if you say i've got a zillion zucchinis they say well i've already got a zillion zucchinis for, yeah, for yeah. example they, they also have a system when they have an overflow of things mm-hmm. of putting it outside so people can come and get it at okay. will so that's one thing you know the other place they get food from and they get a lot of food from 
is the um, the Walmart distribution center. Walmart distribution center, and also yesterday I was up in my garden after talking to Nancy, and I said, "Do you need dill?" She said, "Oh yes, we take dill. Dill is okay. just fine." I picked. Well, David picked it for me. An armful of dill. Yeah, and I've got a lot too. So I said, "We'll go right from the garden. We'll go right up there," and. At that time, they had a huge amount of fresh produce that was coming in okay. from Sam's Club. Oh, it okay. was just so there are they are getting produce and things like that. Um, so you get fresh produce for your order, and a lot of people. That's one of the most expensive things that they have to buy. Is fresh so. produce. Well, you know, the other thing, what if you're bringing things like potatoes or beets or things like that? Okay. Because, you know, do you cut the tops off? Do you wash them? What yeah. What do you need to do for that? Yeah, here's the one thing she said is you have to bring your vegetables in clean. Oh. They don't have a system there to wash for, for, for washing them up. Okay. And when I brought in my dill, <clears throat> this big armload, I said, I talked to Nancy and she said, you take this. And she said, yes, we do. But she said, um, we have to separate it out. And I said, I didn't know that. So they make put it into bunches for people. Okay. Now, had I known that, I could have done that myself. I could have bunched up dill for them. So if you, for example, if you've got a bunch of stuff, maybe just give them a call to ask just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure they appreciate anything regardless. Oh, absolutely. And you know, they're, they're always looking for workers too. Are they? they yeah. They, so volunteers, people who will come in and fill these orders, when the people make their order over the phone or, or uh, over the computer or whatever, uh, th- th- then they're told when it'll be filled and they can come and pick it up. So uh, people are running around with these carts in there sure. and they're putting this and this and So it just takes a few minutes then to get your order. You just drive, you, you go behind the building, you can just... Where is the building for people who don't know? It is on... Um, North, South Front. It's on South Front. It's the DeGrude building. It was the the old, old oh the old DeGrude building. Okay. <clears throat> yes, exactly, exactly. That whole building. That's what they're using. Okay. Well, that is good. Good to note. And because right now with the heat and the rain, uh, I know my flush of green beans is going to be even greater than it has been. <laughs> yes, and of course you know. And here's the thing for gardeners, and and they already know this, and they already do this, but. Uh, if you have somebody that's elderly in your neighborhood or someone who can't garden, boy, uh, take care of them too. They, they, they can use the fresh, the fresh food and, and it's a real joy for them to have someone knock on the door and say, hey, how about cucumbers today or, you know, whatever. Now is the time, uh, you're mentioning fresh fruit or food and everything, is the time to start thinking about planting again you know we a lot of times we think well fall's the, the season right mm-hmm. or f- spring is the season to plant things but fall is coming up and we should think about planting things like lettuces and peas. radishes and peas and short season crops because yeah. we can go a lot of those things like it when it's cooler so what are you thinking about maybe getting seeds now for and when would when do you think about starting it well i'll tell you what um if you would have asked me yesterday i would have said <laughs> We're going to have to have a lot of changes before we think about replanting anything because the soil is really dry. It is. It is really, really dry. And uh, even at that, 
I would make sure that I've got a good place where um, you work up the soil and it's nice and loose and and you add some organic matter because uh, it's the soil is really hard and compact. So you them. might think of maybe doing it in containers because there are it's opportunities to, to put vegetables, things like lettuces and uh, spinaches. You can grow those in Absolutely. containers and that way it's easier to keep them watered and that sort of thing. But sure. that way you'll get this continuous crop through the the end of the summer and the fall. Yeah. You know, um, I guess I told you this before and our listeners too, but we got our peas in so late and now we are harvesting peas. And normally peas don't like it when it's 90 degrees. No. But you know what? They have come through just fine. Have they? So You must have kept them well watered then because that's it, a huge they were part. They were watered, exactly. But uh, so... Uh, if if I were going to plant some things, I would plant something that 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 I our family enjoys. Right. And if you like to, you know, start trying some herbs, you could certainly do herbs in pots. They're very easy to grow and to watch. And that, uh, do you do herbs? I know there are people who do them in window sills, so to speak, because, you know, a lot of times in the winter, you don't get enough sun and that sort of thing. So what are your thoughts on that? Because it would be nice to have fresh um, basil or fresh parsley or something. Yeah. Well, you know, if if you have a south facing window and you don't have anything blocking the sun coming in there, you can get away with things like that. Like I have a geranium that's three years old and and I keep it in a south facing window and it gets enough sun so it will bloom like you'll have 30, 40 blooms on it all, all winter long. Also, humidity is really oh, important sure. in the house. Yeah, our houses are pretty pretty dry. So so consider those things. But you could get some uh, uh, some herbs in now. You can start them in the house and then just gradually move them out, you know, into the sun. And uh, don't let them su- get sun scald on them. But and gradually. you know, they also now I notice they actually have plant lights that are more suited for smaller spaces. You know, in the past they used to be these four yeah. foot long shop lights, but I notice now they're making even hydroponic um, sets with the indoor lights that that makes it more practical to raise right. things indoors, like your your lettuces or like your herbs and things like that. So. Um, I would look for those because I've noticed those in some sure. of the, the the regular stores that they'll say, well, these are plant lights and they're, you know, right. only maybe a foot long or something. And, and that would be a nice way to, to make oh, sure you absolutely, have. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think my first uh, grow light inside was probably only maybe 20 inches oh, long. Okay. Mine and were I, the big long. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, of course, we had to expand into something that would be bigger. But, uh, no, that you can do that. Just, um, you know, trial and error. Gosh, how cheap is a package of seeds, you know? And, and you don't have to plant the whole package. Uh, if you use, you know, maybe do eight or ten seeds of something and then put the rest, seal it up, and I put them in the refrigerator. It's, it's, it's the right temperature and it's the right amount of humidity in there. So what are you going to be doing now this weekend? We've got had some rain and that's been good, so... You know, I need, I have a shrub that I have pruned back three times. This will be the fourth time. So despite the fact that we didn't have rain, we did early in the spring, um, 
it, it needs to be pruned again. And I would have liked to have done it on Wednesday, but it was too hot. David said, you're not allowed to. No. Yes. Thursday, said he said, you're not allowed to. Right. And so uh, when I get home today, I have to have this discussion with him because if if I overdo it with my asthma, right. the rest of the day it the takes shot. me to, yeah, I'm short of breath all day long. So. Well, you know what? I'm going to catch up on weeding because when we've got this moisture and we've got this heat, the weeds will foof. Yeah, you're right. And you know what, Karen? This is so unusual. I try to weed every day. Me too. And I walk through at finding weeds. This morning, I walked back uh, on the south side of my house, and I saw these weeds that I, they had to have been there before because they were at least uh, 14 inches tall. Right. And they uh, were blooming. Yeah. Blooming. White little blooms. Well, Jeff on. came back from the back, uh, the side yard at the, the house here in, in Mankato, and all of a sudden, there was those sticker ones. I don't know what they are, but those stick, and they were ready to, to go to seed. And I said, oh, we can't let those go to seed. Yeah, so, right. you know, the thing is, those weeds can grow so fast. So that would be the one thing. They're so much easier when they're small, but when they get big, they're Yeah, and, and you know when it gets big like that? If you get your hoary, hoary knife, which yes, is, I you know, love it. And, uh, what would we call that? A horticultural knife. And it's it has a long uh, digging blade on it but it's not like um something that you would use for slicing and dicing in one the house. side is sharp one side serrated so it has like a sawing motion and, as but well. it's even really not sharp i mean it's, no and it's not too sharp no it's it's designed to to dig with yeah yeah right so it really is the best tool that we've ever come across is the hori hori yes, knife and guess what so the third generation, my granddaughter said for her birthday she needed to have a hori hori knife. Okay. Went online, ordered it, and she's already got it. Good job. Yeah. All right, Barb. Well, I'm glad that we've got rain, and I know that uh, it's going to be a little cooler for you, so I hope you have a chance to get out and enjoy it a hey, little bit. thank you so much, and thank you to our listeners. As always, we always enjoy hearing from you. So if you have a question, let us know.